The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn, joined as always by Anchu Kana. Anchu, how are you feeling? I know you're headed to uh, the great state of Michigan this weekend, uh, but how's your day going thus far? Uh, been a wild one, but doing all right. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd call the great state of Michigan that great, but <laughs> heading up there. How's it going with you? I was I was waiting for that response. Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Fan. Sorry sorry for getting this episode to you guys a little later in the week. Uh, we've had quite the busy week, have both of us, and uh, we'll get you the, the leftovers here as well. But uh, we wanted to talk here on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour about the NBA playoffs. We're in the push. We're almost to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. And uh, this second round has been quite uh, exciting and entertaining. So we definitely want to talk about that and where we're at to this point. We're going to be using uh, our friends over at BovadaSportsBook.com for some game lines, some futures. Uh, and we'll walk through that with you guys. It'll be a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, we're going to bring you a lot as far as the NBA playoffs. So Anshu, I know you've been uh, enjoying these playoffs. Your Milwaukee Bucks were the first ones to knock off a series. Uh, they end up winning four straight to beat the Boston Celtics four to one. Uh, first of all, their odds to win the Eastern Conference Championship on Bovada are uh, minus 225. So they are the odds-on favorite, and they look like they deserve it. Uh, but this is the Milwaukee Bucks team that you've enjoyed watching this season. I know that uh, you're a Bulls fan at heart, but this seems to be the team that you've latched on to. Tell me what you've seen out of them here in this first and second round. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I think we both have in some ways. I, I, Giannis is such a, I don't know, kind of a, and a he's he's just someone you're, it's easy to root for him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I feel like the way that they've played around him has been so impressive. And, and I mean, you know, it's interesting because you have him and Kawhi both just single handedly carrying their teams. And I would obviously throw James Harden in there a, a little bit as well. But those two guys specifically have just dragged their teams along and you can't imagine what they'd be like without them. But it's been impressive to me what the Bucks have done in large part just because, you know, they didn't even have Malcolm Brogdon, who I think some people would say was, is their third best player. Um, and you know they've they've just played so well. They've shot so well around them, and they haven't even shot that well. But they've the way that they dismantled and looked so. The contrast between them and the Celtics to me was very noticeable. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, you know the Celtics were clearly the more talented team, and the way the Bucks played together, and the as you alluded to, the fact that they win four straight games, winning it around Giannis was just incredibly impressive with the efficiency that they were playing at as well on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And the one thing on the Celtics side that I wanted to get your opinion on is the whole Kyrie story. Now, uh, we don't see the odds here yet up on Bovada, but I'm sure they'll post them soon. Whether or not Kyrie Irving will play another game in a Boston Celtics uniform. I mean, he was horrible the majority of those games in the second round. And it seems like he can't figure out whether or not he wants to be the alpha dog in the room on any given team. And I I don't know what is going to end up happening with him. But what did you see out of his performance on the other side there in Boston? Uh, you know, that, that maybe was a surprise on the other uh, the other end of the spectrum. Well, t- 
two things. One, you know, obviously the Bucks played him well. They threw bodies at him. I was super impressed with Eric Bledsoe's defense throughout this playoffs. I mean, I, I think that Malcolm Brogdon generally you'd think is the better uh, defensive matchup, but between George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, I thought they did an amazing job on Kyrie. And then secondly, you know, and I'm this is where I really am interested in hearing your perspective as a former huge Kyrie fan, I would say, um, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he was a disaster. Like he, he could not hit the basket. He was clearly both during and after the games was just a, a meltdown waiting to happen for them constantly. Just was the opposite of a leader in my mind. I mean, he, like, and after the fact, when you see the postmortem of this wreckage that they've had in Boston, I mean, everyone, Terry Rozier, other people basically saying like, look, they're without naming Kyrie specifically, basically said like, we're a different team because certain players had to get theirs. And, you know, I'm just interested in hearing your perspective on that, but I, I thought he was incredibly inefficient throughout the series. It was obvious by his point totals, some of the worst basketball we've ever seen him play. And um, I, you know, I wonder about it. If I'm a team looking at paying a max deal out, I'm not super excited about giving one to Kyrie. Yeah. Not to mention the injury concerns that he's had pretty sure. much every year he's been in the league. I mean, he, he couldn't stay healthy the, the early years with Cleveland and then obviously had some big injuries along the way. Thinking back to, you know, that first run up against the uh, Golden State Warriors when he, he broke his kneecap, he had some injuries this year that held him out for extended periods of time. And then his inefficiency here in the second round. I mean, he, he I think there was one game where he was like four for 22 or something like Nine that points. Game and two. he came out and said that you're never going to see that again. And then he went like four for 23 the next game. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, 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 I mean, yes, I, I was a big Kyrie fan and I, I still am a fan of his game. I, I don't get, he, he's a head case. Something is wrong upstairs 100%. at this point. I mean, it, it's pretty clear. It, it, he doesn't know what he wants to do. He flip flops. He had the whole, the world is flat thing. I mean, he, he, he wants to seem more intelligent than he is. And I'm not saying he's not an intelligent individual, um, but I, I feel like he's playing mind games with the media and, and clearly he was part of the issue when he was meant to be a leader on that team. He was really part of the issue with a lot of the locker room, uh, you know, drama that we saw in Boston this year. And, you know, I, I, they came out game one. They looked excellent against Milwaukee and then Milwaukee tend to figure things out. And I think Milwaukee did a really good job during this season of kind of building around their core at, at the deadline. I mean, they added Marcus Gasol. Uh, excuse me, not Marcus Gasol. Um, they added um, help me out here. Pau Pau, Gasol. Well, yeah, Pau Gasol, who's and out for Nico the rest Miritich. of the playoffs. But they, Nico Miritich right before the trade deadline. So they added some of these key pieces that are now starting to get healthy, uh, minus Pau Gasol, obviously. But uh, Miritich has been good in the playoffs. They've, you know, Derek Bledsoe was looked rocky in game one, and then he ends up playing really good uh, the rest of the series, especially. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and that's kind of one of the things you you really want out of him. He had a couple highlight reel blocks, yeah. Um, but yeah, so some excitement out of Milwaukee man. and it, George Hill. Yeah, George George Hill looked really good at times. I mean, George Hill, we saw that in Cleveland. He's one of yeah. those guys that he can get hot and, and make some big buckets and and still has enough uh, athleticism to kind of get to the rock and make it a, a defense a defensive nightmare for for your opponent. Not you know. He looked good in this series, and there's there's just there's a lot of guys on that team that that are role players that were able to step up in round two. And I think when people think about Milwaukee, it's especially because it's such a small market. Maybe they don't have the the, the easy recognition that some of the bigger teams and bigger markets have. But they think about Giannis, and that's it. There's a ton of talent around this guy, and they're showing that they can be role players uh, on a team that that really, to me, right now looks like the favorite in the East, uh, which Ooh. our friends over at Bovada agree with. So. 
Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think Milwaukee's got a leg up, but there's a battle going on in the other Eastern Conference series that's still underway. There's going to be a Game 7. Uh, Toronto, Philadelphia. Philadelphia looked really, really good in Game 6. Uh, Embiid didn't look great, but his plus-minus number was at, at, through the roof. It was like plus 40, which is, is, is crazy. Um, but but the, you have um, Ben Simmons, who looked really good in the first half last night. You had Jimmy Butler, who's been playing very good basketball of late and then Tobias Harris I mean they're finally starting it's it's inconsistency for sure but it at times they show you a glimpse of what they should be with the amount of talent they have on there but who you have in game seven yeah I mean I still go with Toronto but I think that it's a great series like it's crazy to me that this thing is tied 3-3 I don't know about you but it feels like Toronto's controlled this series like all the narratives coming out of it it feels like it's always been negative against Philly minus that one game they had at home. I think it was game three where they just dominated. But I mean, it has basically been Kawhi against these four all-stars and Kawhi has been up for it. And Ben Simmons has been a total disaster minus one half. I mean, he has shot so poorly and been just completely befuddled really. I mean, Kawhi was guarding him and he finally shifted off him and started guarding Jimmy because it's been the Jimmy show. And, you know, this series has been such an odd one, but it's amazing that we're getting a, a game seven. I think these two teams, if you think about them over the course of the year, it's fair that it's going to a game seven. But, you know, if you're the Bucks, you want to see Toronto, I think. I, I mean, I think that Philly is a problem for them in terms of matchups. I, I just, those four guys, if they get going, are, um, you know, any of them can carry them any given night. And while Boston is more similar to Philly than Toronto, I think that Toronto is just like a worse version of the Bucks. having watched these last two series. Now, Toronto could get hot. Some of their su- supporting cast could get better. But to me, if you're the Bucks, you want the Raptors. I, I know that you had the Raptors early on as your East champion, but would you agree with that? Or kind of where do, where do you see this game going and how do you think they both match up with Milwaukee? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Toronto would be the more interesting series for sure. Um, I'm going to get to what I feel about that, that series if it does happen. They've got Bovada's got Toronto at plus 250 to win the East. But uh, Philadelphia, I wanted to really quick touch on what we were going down that road with Philadelphia. I think that Philadelphia has a really interesting opportunity here with Game 7 mm-hmm. to completely change the narrative about their team going forward. So true. If Toronto loses this series... I don't think anybody's going to care other than the Kawhi story this offseason, whether or not he stays or goes. But with Philadelphia, you're going to start to hear rumblings about Ben Simmons and whether or not the process is over and, and, you know, what happens with Jimmy Butler. Philadelphia wins this series. It's a complete just they're going to be thought of completely differently all because of one game. And I I don't know that that's right or wrong, but I guarantee you it's true. And Ben Simmons is a perfect example of that. Everybody's talking about how bad of a shooter he is and how much he's not stepping up in big moments. And then he comes out and plays one good half of basketball. And I wouldn't say the narrative's completely changed on him, but it's definitely helping his cause. And he did look good at times in that game. He still needs to develop a jump shot. Um, But I think Philadelphia, more so than anybody else in these playoffs, has a real opportunity to change the narrative. Obviously, Houston, too, which we'll get to, but but people know what Houston is. Philadelphia is trying to prove that they are what people expect them to be with the amount of talent they have. So uh, I'm interested to see if Philadelphia is able to do that. I still think Toronto is the better team, especially at home. Uh, Pascal Siakam did not shoot the ball well in game six. I think he'll rebound in uh, in game seven. And I think Kawhi, Kawhi has looked great this whole series. Uh, and the, the role players just need to step up in game seven. They need Marcus Gasol who looked horrible in game six, couldn't hit a shot from behind the arc. Uh, Kyle Lowry has looked passive at times in this series. Uh, so I think if those role players step up, Toronto's still a slightly better team. And I think that they end up 
winning uh, the series against Philadelphia. I did have Toronto winning the East. I think Milwaukee looks like the favorite at this point. I mean, I'll stick with my pick because that's what it was. But I, I, I think Milwaukee looks like the better team at this point. But more than anything else, I just want to see those two teams face off. I do, too. I, I, I'm with you on both accounts. I think Toronto wins at home just because the, they have such a great home court advantage. And I do think that they figured something out those first five games. I don't see the Ben Simmons for one half at home thing really working out. And I, I think you brought up a great point in passing about Marcus Sol. I mean, the fact that, and your earlier point about Joel Embiid's plus minus, which has been even before that plus 40, he was leading the league in, uh, in plus minus per game at plus 13 and a half, even better than Kawhi's, which is crazy when you think of Kawhi's supporting Cavs versus Joel's. And I mean, I just, I, I totally agree with you. I think that this has to be a big game for Marcus Sol. And if it's not, they they'll be gone because just if, if Embiid's starting to get healthy and he, we haven't even seen close to an A game out of Embiid. So, um, but I, I do think that the supporting cast will come alive at home. I think Siakam is going to Siakam versus Simmons is, is super interesting to me. Cause I think they've got to use that. And then they've just got to pin Leonard to Butler because Butler's done everything for the Sixers, the entire series. And I, you got to think that he's, he's getting tired at this point, but you know, I, I don't know, maybe those tib scars are, are, you know, have scarred over, but what, I, I don't know. He, I think that it's going to be an awesome game. I'm, it's weird again to me that this is going to game seven. It doesn't feel like a seven game series, but Toronto needs to close it up. They've been the better team over six games, I think. And, uh, and I think they will. And then I think that sets up an absolutely awesome series with the Bucks. but I do think they're just a worse version of Milwaukee. I, I just think that Kawhi is is about as good as Giannis probably right this second, but everybody else on those two teams, you look at the, so the way those supporting cast rise, rose to the occasion for Milwaukee versus the way they did not for Toronto or haven't to date. I mean, I, I think that's the big contrast between those two teams. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk about another game seven last night. Um, Portland was able to even the series at three apiece with Denver in another great game by Damian Lillard, who has looked, uh, he might be the MVP of the playoffs up to this point with, uh, with, with uh, Durant going down. But McCollum chipped in with 30. Rodney Hood had 25 in this one on six of nine. Nice uh, from the field, three of four from the three-point line on 32 minutes. I mean, Rodney Hood's really stepped up in this series and become uh, an integral part of this uh, Portland team. Interesting, though, when you look at Bovada, they've got the odds for the Western Conference Finals. They have Golden State at minus 160, which is interesting with Durant going down. Mm-hmm. Houston at plus 230. And then they've got Denver at plus 750, Portland at plus 1400. I mean, that's some value there in Portland at plus 1400. Portland. Are you willing to pull that trigger? I am. I, I'm willing to pull the trigger on either of the. I actually like Denver a lot, too, because, look, Denver has got the home court advantage over, uh, over, over the Rockets. How are the Rockets favored? I mean, that that's crazy to me. I know that the Rockets have played well and they have Harden, but I think Denver, both these teams, either of these teams could beat Houston straight up. I mean, I, I don't think this is a Rockets team that's anywhere near what they were last year. I just think the Warriors have been play- – we talk about ad nauseum, I feel like, this the way that the Warriors are, are playing their B games and how how similar that is to, you know, basically the Rockets' A game. And I, I just think that on a level playing field – if they both play their best game, I think the Rockets are maybe worse than the Nuggets. The Nuggets have looked awesome this series, and and same with Portland, and same with Lillard, as you pointed out. Um, but this is gonna this series deserves a game seven, and I'm so excited to be able to. I think we're gonna be watching it together, so it should be awesome on Sunday. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. Um, we do want to talk also about that Golden State and Houston game. So. 
Uh, we got game six first. That, that one's going to be tonight. So you may be listening to this show after that game already happens. But uh, this this is a game now that's changed completely with Kevin Durant going down. And Houston, you know, they had an opportunity uh, to, to, to even this series or excuse me, to take the three to two lead in this in the uh, game five. Uh, but home. they're going to need to win yeah. game six at home and then obviously game seven. But uh, w- what do you think? I mean, with Durant going down, he's going to miss the rest of this series. He's got what they're calling a calf strain. People thought maybe it was an Achilles. Uh, looks like it's just a calf strain. He could be back for the next series. But, you know, Durant's been so masterful in these playoffs. Is is that injury significant enough to give the Rockets the edge to win two straight? I, have, I can't say two straight. I think that, you know, they need to, and they have to win two. They have to go on the road. If these two games were at home, I would say, man, Warriors are in real trouble. I, I mean, they still are. They're they're definitely in a tough spot. But giving them a couple days before this game, it works out for them with the timing. I think they lose game six, but they get to go back to Oakland potentially for game seven. And I just, like I said, I just don't think this Rockets team is that good right now. Honestly, I just, I, I don't, I, I think they've played well. Eric Gordon has been so good for them. And, you know, at times and when he's good, he's the difference. And he almost single handedly carried them to that win in game five after the Durant injury. But, um, you know, they just one thing I don't know if you were watching that, but the Warriors look way different without Durant. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. They looked a lot more like the Warriors of old, if that makes sense. Like they were much more up and down. I mean, Draymond was doing his stupid Draymond thing that we both hate with an undying passion. But the way that they move the ball, like, I, I mean, obviously, if you can have the best, maybe the best player in the league, you want him. But they, I will say that I thought that they looked a little more free and loose. And Steph, before that injury, was like two for 10 or two for 11. And then after that, he was like five for six or something. So I think that he, it better suits his style. On the other end, like, Houston's going to be ready for that now without Durant and the way that that pace will change. And so, you wonder if that's going to hurt, you know, that, that should help the Rockets. And, and I mean, I'm so excited because this is a totally different series. Anyone who thinks they know what's going to happen is just lying. But I, I think that on a talent level, the playing field is obviously much, much more even now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that uh, the Rockets do win game six and I'm not even going to go as far as to make a prediction on game seven because a lot can happen between now and then. But I, I just want so badly to see the Rockets win. So I'm going to be rooting very hard here tonight on Friday to watch this uh, this Rockets team pull out a victory and force game seven. And we could see three game sevens on Sunday, which would be a fun day. Hopefully, it would almost uh, make up for how, together, sh- yeah. how terrible that first round was. Yeah, especially. Yeah, good point. Uh, real quick, want to take a pause, uh, get a message from our friends over at Podcast One, and then on the other side, we're going to finish up with some quick thoughts on the Game of Thrones episode to come. Hello, guys. It's MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. Check out my podcast, You're Welcome, with Chael Sonnen every Wednesday and Friday right here at Podcast One. We cover the latest in mixed martial arts and everything else going on in the world of sport. Listen free to You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen, exclusively available at PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. All right, back to the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. Anshu and I are going to give you our thoughts on this big episode five of Game of Huge. Thrones to come. We thought episode three was going to be the, the the whole kit and caboodle, but now we're being told and hearing that uh, episode five is going to be the one where it all goes down. Uh, we, we touched on this question earlier on uh, before the third episode, before the Battle of Winterfell, but who will kill Cersei Lannister? And obviously, you know, that last episode, there was a lot of kind of, 
regrouping at the beginning, a little corniness, I think, but it got pretty entertaining when that, when that dragon goes down and uh, the ending was just nuts. But uh, so aren't you, do you think she dies by the end of this thing? And if so, who kills her? They've got Jamie Lannister as the favorite at plus 150, which I think would be interesting, especially after him leaving and basically making it seem like he was going back to be by her side. But could he be trying to infiltrate and be the one to kill her? They've got Arya at number two at plus 250. Yeah, I I think it, that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I still buy that it's going to be Jamie. I It's either going to be Jamie or Arya dressed as Jamie. Um, Ooh. And... and you know, if that happens, that's going to be because Jamie dies before that, which would be wild. I mean, that would be an insane turn of events. The one thing I will say that is kind of a disappointment for me about Game of Thrones this season, and really the last two or three seasons, has been once they got away from the books, once the books were over, like, it's been somewhat predictable, I would say. And yeah. um, not, you know, or or just like fan servicey, you know? And sure. so, I mean, if that's the case, then... I don't think that's how it ends. It sounds like a lot of people are, a lot of the actors and actresses were not happy about the way it ended. But if that's the case, I think we're more likely to see Jamie kill, you know, kill Cersei. That's kind of what everyone said. And Bovada obviously has those odds as well. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. But I do think that there's a scenario where Arya turns into Jamie and does the job. How about the mountain even being unlisted here? Plus 5,000 on Bovada. <laughs> that's, that's absurd. Crazy. That's absurd. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was the big thing we wanted to touch on. Do you think anybody else that's uh, that's you know one of the important characters goes down? What happens with Jon Snow and uh, Daenerys, for example? What are your thoughts there? Oh man, um, yeah, I'm interested to hear. Does do they not have what? Who will sit on the Iron Throne? I think that would be an interesting one. But um, they have who will perish first between Jon Snow and Bran Stark? Um, ooh, it's got to be Jon. Who will perish first between Cersei and Daenerys? Who okay. will rule Westeros at the end? They've got Bran as the favorite. Wow, really? Plus 120, Jon Snow plus 500, Daenerys at plus 900. Sansa's actually plus 250. Okay. So the best odds on Bovada, Bran or Sansa? Wow. I I, I don't think it's going to be Bran because I just don't think Bran wants it. So it would be weird to me if he ended up being the one at the end, you know? That, like would, that. that would suck. That would suck. That that's like the one finish no one wants to see. Like I would have rather seen the Night King than you know. Yeah, <laughs> for but sure. no, I I mean I think that it'll be, I I mean it's it's easy to say, but I feel like it's going to be Jon Snow. Um, and I feel like because I just think Cersei's gonna, or I'm sorry, Danny is gonna blow up a bunch of stuff and then get killed doing it, and Jon Snow's gonna have to be the one that does that. And I think Jon Snow ultimately will be the uh, the last man standing. What are we all going to do when this show's over on Sundays? Dude, I, I no guess idea. wait for football season to start. Oh, God. No one wants that. We don't want that. Yeah. Good <laughs> that point. sounds terrible. All right. Well, that, that brings us to the end here. Um, anything you wanted to add on on uh, the playoffs or Game of Thrones? No, sir. It uh, should be a really fun weekend for both. Three Game 7s and then Game of Thrones potentially all on Sunday is wild. Yeah, that's that's quite a Sunday. That's quite a way to end the week. <laughs> But our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour for Anshu Kana. I'm Josh Dunn. We'll see you guys next week.